Welcome to the Multiverse Podcast. On this episode, Comic Talk. Final Crisis. If you go on, I love this so much, it's so great. Go on YouTube. There's a video of Grant Morrison interviewing Clive Barker. <laughs> and Clive Barker kind of interviewing Grant Morrison in front of an audience. And he's talking about Final Crisis. And I think Barker makes some comment about, you know, how did you kind of keep all this to going? You know, because Final Crisis is 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 quite a quite a thing. And Morrison says, "Well, I actually had to draw a map to kind of keep track of everything going on." And Barker's like, "You you you did a map. You 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 could have included that map with the yeah. book. That would have been <laughs> very helpful, you know." And Morrison takes it very well, but I'm watching this. I'm like, it was a map. I, I want that map. <laughs> no, I need that map. But you, but you don't know if that map's going to do any good. No, because, I don't. Because you know, of oh, someone I don't want to take directions from is a shroomed up shaman Scottish. Yeah, Grant yeah. Morrison. Punk rock. Um, love him for what he is, but that would. That, it was a my, map. On the map. My Morrison experiences are so hit, hit or miss. Like his JLA star was just one of my favorite JLA sets of stories ever. There was a, like a sorcerer stone thing he did for a minute. Oh yeah, the key. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the the Tower of Babel was. I was Mark White. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, yes. where where Batman has all their. That was Mark Wade. Yeah, was Mark, Mark Wade. Where Batman had all the oh. ways to defeat Morrison them. was off the book, and yeah. Wade stepped in and did. Did that story yeah. and that's i i've i've not actually read morrison's justice league run never had no. had no he had some cool stuff he had like this fallen angel thing yeah i just he had like well, a, well he, 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 he had found, the aztec guy well he, yeah. found, he found a way to use a hawk man because he couldn't use Hawkman, so he created his own hawk man i couldn't use Hawkman. there was something going on with you know he died Hawkman like hulk died. world or yeah something there was something well, it was after oh, that but there yeah. was some reason he couldn't use Hawkman. couldn't use Hawk girl, he created that character. I will tell you about the Morrison on Justice League. He, for all the stuff he's got going on, he found Wally and Kyle's voice when they worked together. And there was something when I look at those characters, that's what I remember is how those two interact. Mark Waite started it, where mm-hmm. they were supposed to be like, hey, we're the Bee Gees and we're working with the Beatles and they're supposed to be in awe of all these and, and, and Wally a little less because Wally's like, I grew up with these guys. This isn't yeah. that big of a deal. Wait a minute. The Bee Gees working We're, with the... the well, like, like the Bee, like, like the... Like, Kyle, like the Sergeant Peppers yeah, the, movie? No, just... Because that's not good, just, Scott. Just, I mean, just that's the, the really two, the, the not two good. disco Bee Gees were Wally resist. and, you know, Kyle. And that was, yeah, no, it's... They didn't feel like they were up to snuff to hang out with the big guys. Right. But Grant found... And Grant found a very unique voice, but the dynamic between Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Oh, okay. Because there was a, I'm royalty and you're royalty, but you don't acknowledge that I run 80% of the surface world. And there was just some fun in there. Subtly, that was, it, it's worth, it's worth a hop. It, I, um, I would, I'd give it a and, go. And he yeah. gives him, he gives a menace to Batman. Yeah, he does. It, Morrison it, does good Batman. It, it, because there's, there, there's some things where, there's a mystery in the first four about who are these superpowers that show super beings that show up and Batman's like, who this is and just disappears. Like basically leaves his buddies to solve the problem. Like you do. Yeah. But so you had a second question. From I, our do. First pod- huh? I do. I do. Did you say hold up or no, follow up. I'll follow up. up. Okay. So this being a part two. Okay. Yeah. Ish. Sure. Ish. Part two ish. Um, We're still sitting here drinking. So. Still, yeah, exactly. Well, they are. So we, we've had this very, very good conversation about the books that we would most like to revisit for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you the, the Mirror Universe version of that question. Mm-hmm. What series would you not want to revisit and why? Now, don't take this as to say, I wish I could erase the memory of reading because we've all got at least one or two what chuck austin's x-men yeah chuck austin's x-men comes immediately to mind no it's you want to just leave it alone i i don't want to read that for the first time i would not want to go back to that for whatever reason we kind of touched upon this when we talked about killing joke 
Okay. Because as I as I said, so, you know, wow, when I read it, and then rereading it later, like, no, I kind of wish I'd never reread that. I kind of wish I'd never. So, re so it's basically, that. I want to, I want to leave the emotional experience where it is, and, where I, it was, and, and I might be nervous I if I touch it again. Yeah. I, oh, listen, it, I don't need to come back to it. I was like, I was, I started to hear it differently. I was like, well, I could have done without reading that. That no. could be another, <laughs> that could be question three. I, I have one that comes right up top of the list. Go on. Walt Simonson's Thor. Okay. Why is that? Because at the time that that showed up, that was unlike any Thor that Correct. was going on. And even, even though he, you know, he did the writing and the artistry, for a long time, and then Sal had to show him finish up. Right. From start to finish with the winter, winter casket, and they've marvelous farmed quite a bit out of that for yes. the movies. Oh, yeah. The second time I read it, it was about 10 years later, I noticed it didn't grab me. I still love the art, but there was already some other things going on with Thor that pulled a little shine away from me. They, it was the Heroes Reborn stuff was coming up and right. you know, being on. So I have repurchased three different sets of the Thor. <laughs> yeah, I got the original trades right. that are beaten, you know, that, that you thumb through, but that serious sitting there. I wanna I wish I could leave that on the shelf in 1985, 86 Scott. Never touch it again because the 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 anticipation of every issue. The enjoyment of, you know, the execution over two M16s mowing people down. The mm -hmm. dynamics between the Enchantress, which we haven't seen in the Marvel Universe really, no. yet, and Thor and Hela, all of that was was great. Walt had such a great sense of the mythology. Yes, and I was a huge mythology fan. Yeah, but I don't know how well it ages anymore. Right. Okay. And my follow-up mm -hmm. is what he, you know, he and his wife's Ron X Factor. Right. Because that was a little different. That was doing that disjointed time where Claremont, was he part of the X-Men? Was he work, you know, and, and they, that's how we got, you know, Archangel slash death and all of that. Mm -hmm. That was great. Kind of cool then, but as issues have come in here and I've thumbed through it, I have to stop myself. Like, look, I kind of like this too much. Right. And this, this is, this, this is, this is reading like, and that comics are for 10 year olds. So it wasn't as, I, I don't want to lose that feeling. Right. So there, that was. Yep. Yep. No, I got that. Thank mm. you, sir. Well, this one's, I think there's a, there's a storyline that just caught me when, like at the, I was at the right age to read that story. Okay. I don't think I would read it the same way, and I kind of like where it was. The the original Tendrake Robin miniseries. Yes. So, okay. which was a big hit. It was a big hit yeah. at the time. Came right off of the book that I books I just talked about. So. And, and he and you've talked about he's really your Robin. He's my Robin for sure. He's my Robin. Um, even though they're screwing with him now, he, he was my Robin. But but that that Robin then that Robin then was was my Robin. And he did, I was just captivated, captivated for exactly the reasons that they, that Robin was created in the first place. Oh, here's a kid that's about my age, mm -hmm. right? And, and look at these adventures. He's on a private plane. He's flying off to all these crazy places. I wish I could fly to some crazy places like that. So I was, it really did its job of, of creating a character I, I identified with um, really well. And I, had a lot of respect for Tim Drake as a Robin because he earned his place as Robin. Right. He he figured out who Batman was. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one that still yeah. he's the only one that figured out who Batman is. So I I remember reading that and thinking that this is the thing. If I were to reread it now, I don't think it would have the same sort of sort of impact. I still remember that like when he's training with Shiva, when he's you know the final fight with King Snake. All of that is just still great. And, and what I remember of it, he was just good enough to run around with Batman, but he was getting his ass kicked by professionals. I mean, you, it felt like a very real training session. Oh, yeah. He was he was having to learn, and he he was smart. And he was, in, you know, smarter than Dick. 
Yeah. And well, no, carry on. Uh, yeah, it, well, it, 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 he it had works. to use that. Yeah. Like he couldn't and, he couldn't beat yeah. King Satan a snake in a fair and, fight. And, so he figured out a way to trick him. And and Tom Lyle's art at the time, that was just great, great and clean, very simple. Yeah. And a sidekick whose parents didn't die. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Thank yet. you for this. Yet. Well, yes, this is true. But at the time, yeah. at the time, absolutely. Like, I don't know why they couldn't have left that alone, but at the time, the sidekick whose parents hadn't died, that seemed pretty great to me. Right. Yeah, you don't know if Bruce had an open contract. He's like, all right, man. Okay, he's been, yeah, let's go ahead and take care of the parents. Well, I got to have a little more. Yeah. yeah I got to have a. But then they come eye to the tiger. But, but then he they come to Damien. The eye of the tiger. You know, he becomes a Damien thing. Well, you're his dad. Oh, well, we're not doing that. You know, I'm his dad. Just, I mean, but he can't, like, can't whack yeah, me. If you, right. if you can whack, I learned my lesson. If you can whack, his, if you can whack his mom, great job. Uh, most people can. Uh, well, so they killed is, Alfred instead. Yeah. yeah the, so, the kid's trying to kill him all the time. Yeah. Like every every other storyline is, oh, Damien's fighting Batman again. Great. Can we can we just tell I do love Damien though? I, I do love the arrogance on display with Damien, especially when he's with Dick Grayson. I love that. Yeah. Sorry. I get that. I, I can see that. I, of all the possible Robins, I think Tim Drake is the I was discussing this with my kid with my daughter the other day. She was like, Yeah, but Dick Grayson is still the greatest Robin. I said, Dick Grayson was a great Robin, but I don't even leave him in a discussion anymore. He's a better nightwing. Yes, he's better as Nightwing than he ever was as Robin. He's way more entertaining, so he gets pulled out of the discussion because he's Nightwing now. So let's talk about the actual remaining Robins after that. I, I, I remember that miniseries fondly, and I can see why you would want to mm. leave that on the shelf. Yep, it stays right where it is. Do you have a close one? No, that's it. That's all I can think. Well, it. I have I have one that well, another time we'll discuss the one we never like. We're like, yeah, I, I wish I hadn't. I wish I that. hadn't wasted my time because it's on one it. of your favorites. Oh, is it? Yeah, this is Watchmen. Uh, uh, well, uh, that one too, but no, uh, Burn Superman. Oh, Man of Steel. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that Superman. I don't like a depowered Superman that works for a broadcast TV station. He wouldn't work on a broadcast TV station. Did he work for like he's W? No, he's David Plant. That's you're thinking. Well, I, I get. I'm once again yeah. in. We've talked, we'll talk again about yeah. why I grab because I think there's a time when you discover a certain hero that that becomes, you're like, that's my first Spider-Man. That's my first Star Trek. This, that was my first right. Superman. Right. Burn. Right. Right. But, all right. Well, this went really quick. So we'll go back around. Cause we'll oh, I haven't started talking yet. Yeah. So I was going to say, let's come back know, around. There you go. So I'm going to do the, um, the runner up first. Okay. Okay. So the runner-up is Garth Ennis's run on Hellblazer. Because I recently discovered why it is that I've been so reluctant to reread that. Because DC put out... I've got all the issues. And DC... I love Hellblazer. I mean, you know, from the first issue on Jamie Delano um, and John Ridgway, I mean, I just... That was... Oh, I love this stuff. Ah, Anyway, um, is it because of the trench coat? It's many things. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's that character. I mean, it's, it's, I really struggle with Constantine in, in anything at this point, because it's like, no, he was, he was the, the, he was deep throat. You know, he was, he was the shadowy man. He was the, the, the enigma. He was sting. Literally. Literally. And then now, I mean, certainly New 52, oh, somebody deserves a kick in the teeth for putting him in the Justice League and <laughs> he's, he's doing magical spells and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, no, this is, this, he was, you know, when, when John Lennon is, is singing about um, the working class hero, I mean, this is, this is it. You know, he, he's the guy who I'm not being your working class hero. I'm going to do... You know, two fingers to you and I'm going to go do my own thing. And I love that character. So what happened was I re I've reread Ennis's run many, many times around about the time that it came out. And I loved it. I did not care for the, cause he left. And I think Paul Jenkins went on the book for a while and then he came back and did a little five issue 
a story called, I think, Son of Man. I didn't care for that. But the Ennis run where that begins with the the lung cancer story right the way through to Rake of the Gates of Hell. I absolutely loved it. And, and following that on a monthly basis was just so painful because there are moments in that story. I don't know if you gentlemen are familiar with I'm that. I'm not. There are moments in that in that run where it's it's just oh it can't get any more it can't get any worse than this oh and then it does and it's so inventive at just how horrible things can can get so here's the thing though but I've kind of been like I don't you know the the DC brought out the omnibus and I was going to get it and I and I was in the store and it's there it's actually still in the store another store that I I've seen it in and I walk past it every time and think shit no i just there's some invisible hand pulling it away i read an interview uh garth ennis recently and he talked about john constantine and that that is a character that he he actually grew to loathe and that's why he has no interest in ever going back and doing uh, another hellblazer series because not at the time but afterwards on reflection of that run he realizes that there there really is nothing heroic about john constant this is a guy who has used all of his friends all of his loved ones as personal shields yeah and he's got that righteous thing where yeah i've had to sacrifice my friends but it's for a for a greater good but i can't quote ennis but but i i thought no that's it but he's never come, he's a smart man. He's never come up with a plan that would either put himself in harm's way or he's always goes the easy route. If my friends have to die, well, you know, that's what you get for walking around with some, with a guy like me. But that actually is a terrible, terrible way of looking at it. It, it truly is. So you kind of realize it's like, actually, yeah, I don't, I don't, he, he really is a bastard. He really is. And there's a romanticism to it. And, and, you know, there is, there is some, some good in, in him, but it's not enough. He doesn't take the time to at least try and save his friends. And the worst part of it is he convinces himself that yes, he does. So he'll have his you know, alcoholism. So I tried to save my friend. Actually, no, you didn't. You just kind of threw them under the bus and went on with the rest of your life. And I, I don't know Constantine, and I and 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 you know nobody does except for Alan Moore. I, I heard more reckons he bumped into him in a bar once. <laughs> but have you ever known someone who actually thinks of themselves as a reasonably good person? I I have. I I know oh, one. One person that immediately comes to mind on this who actually considers himself to be quite a good person, but he's not. And he has effed over friends, family, time and time again. Well, that it, and you just. You, you and I have traveled different career paths. So, yeah. you know, from my previous employer before the college, <laughs> yeah, everyone's laughing. It was rent to own, but I won't get a sued by mentioning the name. Right. Yeah met several the one person that you and i might have known that might have been a part of the ownership right i think also thinks that yeah um, right yes yeah, i mean they're oh we're, yeah we're, we're yeah ever, no, ever, i know going. And, yeah and not knowing the source materials well because i've got like the first 10 issues of hell of hellraiser and my enjoyment of the character came from swamp thing without Moore did yes that. and i'll also say uh, matt ryan's portrayal in the we've all got the accent right yeah yeah when we got the you know when he got his own series on abc cw stuff was fun but it wasn't the same one and then they were nice enough to let him voice the character in the animated universe and i think they got that pretty close for animated you can't the voice sure well well they they, well they came back with a story where you know he's having to deal with two of his friends he screwed over it was a separate j J. m demetrius wrote Okay. So wrote that was a single hit, and that came as close to I think the source materials you could get away with with what you were doing. And at that time in Vertigo, 
there weren't. I think there were times they were trying not to have a redeemable, kind of like you had Lobo. There was nothing right. redeemable. I, I, but also, I'm curious if it hit, you know, it might have hit you differently, single guy versus married with kids and things that gone on in your personal life, maybe where you can't read that story anymore because you're like, I had a John Constant, I had a John like that, did that to me five yeah. years ago. And, and I kind of like that Garth dislikes the character. Yeah. I, I think that's that because almost because almost you did your job because there was nothing, even when Alan Moore created him, he was known in the magic community. And I remember books of magic, how loathed he was when he walked into that interview. That's right. Bar. And so I think yes. if, if you, if you take that and follow it all that thread all the way to the end and the writer's like, fuck this guy. You did your job. Yeah. You really did. Because I, I, I never, I never wanted to see, as someone reading, I never wanted to see Constantine show up to help in a fight. Because if you're showing up, one, something else has gone really wrong. And why couldn't I get a hold of Zantana, Dr. Faye? Exactly. The, yes. I, 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 That's I, I, exactly I, I'll it. I'll take the demon. Yes. God's sake. Absolutely. I, I, I'll, I'll put up with the rhymes. No, uh, if, if Constantine uh, shows up, uh, run. Yeah, yeah, there's something. I mean, he might zap the guy, and there might, but there's, you know, what finger am I going to be missing? That's it. Because he needs that for that spell over there. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm really happy. There's someone that didn't really follow it all the way to the end. I mean, I have, I have the lung cancer storyline, mm -hmm. but that also kind of hit close to home at the time where I didn't really want to read. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That was like, oh, Doug, I've got him because. I was also a guy who showed up at the end of Preacher. I'll get it at the end and I'll go backwards. And it right, didn't okay. get to didn't get to do right. when when Vertigo was kind of shrinking. That was yeah. that was me. And we should bring Vertigo back, by the way. Yeah, they not really, black, not black label, no, not no, no, Vertigo. No, bring back Karen Berger, please. But that gone. but that is fascinating because you know, I know there was a discussion you and I had about him, and at some point there were you identified. It's kind of that lone wolf or not, you know, there was, there was something trench coat mob or something you touched on. Yeah. I, I, th I, I think, think teenagers over there were all wearing trench coats. No, 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 they weren't. <laughs> they, they, they really, really weren't. Oh, I, I did, but no. Um, and I think all of us dressed like our hero a little bit, but then it's like, oh, I can't keep. Well, I tell you, I, t I tell you, and, and, and we're wildly digressing, but at the same time, I'm sort of thinking about things I haven't considered in a long time. Because we'll Pop get to we'll get to number one here we'll, in a minute. We'll get to number one hmm. in a minute. Oh, number one will be over in thirty yeah. seconds. Is the the reasons why I really like that character when I was young are kind of part and parcel of the reasons why I can't stand him now. Because this is a guy. When you're young and you feel alone, you you kind of look towards survivors, and Constantine is a character certainly. In the first 40 issues that uh, James Delano wrote, there was, there was a Grant Morrison break, there was a Neil Gaiman break. Actually, talk about another podcast, the, a single-issue story, because nobody really does single-issue stories. I know anymore. my favorite single-issue yeah, story, for sure. That Neil Gaiman, Dave McKean story in Hellblazer, Hold Me, is amazing. That oh, is right. such a chilling story, but we'll, we'll we'll come back to that. Okay. it's He's a survivor, so you kind of like, oh, I, 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 I feel vulnerable, so I... I wish I had a hard outside shell. And then it's only until later that you sort of realize that, yeah, the reason why he's got that hard outside shell is because everything inside him, he's pushed up to make the shell. He's got nothing inside. So that's why new 52, when you see him palling around with, you know, the justice league, even justice league dark, the reality is every single one of those characters, Satana and uh, wonder woman, and Detective Chimp, I could see them having a few drinks, but like he's going to pop up, I think, in an issue of Superman, like yeah. the next issue of Superman, he's going to pop in there. Nobody would want to be in the physical presence of this guy. Like, oh, I know you're the guy who's got all your friends murdered. You're alone, followed around by ghosts. There's nothing noble to you. You got all of your friends killed. And if you're stupid enough to become friends with you now, you're probably going to die. I, I remember there's some reference. I don't remember which issue is where we're a dead man wanted nothing. If you're, if you're someone with a Boston oh, brand wants nothing, wants nothing to do with you, you're in trouble. That's that's, you're in serious <laughs> trouble. And 
there's a there's a parody element to that character as well. Let's just see how bad we can actually, you know, when, yeah, I, anyway, but it's, I actually kind of, I really like Garth Ennis as a writer. I think he's quite brilliant, mm-hmm. but over the years, I kind of realized, cause this, this, this was the penny drop for me was reading this Ennis interview, like, oh yeah, that's, that's it. it, it this is a despicable, there is nothing, once you get it, I've got it. I don't need to revisit this. I think some people canceled Garth Ennis for some reason. Like he got canceled. I don't know why. Well, Garth Ennis doesn't like superheroes. Oh, he really doesn't like superheroes. No, he got can Like, pretty sure he got canceled for some sort of shenanigans. But oh, I don't know. yeah, I don't know. I don't wear cancel people just in general. Uh, I still listen to Michael Jackson. So, I mean, but he's canceled, but he also dead. So I mean, there's you know, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But that's you know, preacher ends as as crazy and vile and twisted and demented as preacher ends. Preacher ends. Jesse Custer is actually a hero. He and he rides off into the sunset, and he deserves to ride off into the sunset after everything he's been through. And it's quite an emotional thing. At the end of Rake of the Gates of Hell, Constantine has his final achievement over the the, the first of the fallen. There's no. Well done, son. You survived. It's, I hope you can live with yourself. Most people would not be able to do. You killed everybody. So anyway, so that's that's one that I'm actually, I kind of realized, and I'm like, no, you know what? I loved it at the time, and I'm just going to leave it in that box mm-hmm. with younger Stephen and trying to figure out life. Because um, I, I was still living in the UK for, for a good chunk of it. And there you go. So char- characters like that. Pe- actually, the people like that, mm-hmm. right? That we yeah. were discussing earlier. There's a there's a trait that I actually talked about with my kids a bunch that I think Constantine has. Okay. Where he's, he kind of has a, oh, well, these things are out of my control, so so be it. Right. Like, so the rules don't apply. Yeah, it's, right. it's a lack of agency. Yeah. Meaning, I don't I'm not in control of the situation, so there's nothing I can do. Right. Instead of like the heroes that would, you know, sacrifice, they look at the problem differently, they do whatever. Yeah. They realize there is something you, you can do in just about any situation. It's up to you to make the call. Right. And that lack of agency drives me nuts in, in yeah. like human beings. So, and it's that, and then a failure to take responsibility to some extent. Now, I don't think Constantine has that. Like, He's, he feels guilty, I guess. He is followed by the ghost. He's, he feels Alcoholism, guilty. maybe. Yeah, he does. But but you you I think what you just said is is, is bang on. Yeah. Because the thing is, Constantine is out of my control and everything. No, that's the thing. It's his refusal to admit to himself that he not only is he in control, but it was necessary for the plan that he came up with that it was gonna go down that road. Yeah. And it's kind of like you know it's the it's the bogart line from casablanca i don't mind a parasite i object to a cut rate one and it's that's the kind of that's what it is is that at the end of the day for all of his oh woe is me and i'm a bastard and no one loves me and i don't deserve love because i walk the dark path and all this sort of stuff it's like no this is all shit you're you're basically just trying to you're you know you're you're intoxicating yourself and you don't even need alcohol for it. You're quite mm-hmm. happy to do it with your own ability for, for self-drama, really. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> you know. But that's it. It's that's the agency thing. That's that that is it. It's that if he was a runaway reckless train, yeah, at least then you could go, Yeah, okay, he really doesn't know what he's doing. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's just managed to convince himself and the rest of the world that. No, you know, I'm just doing the best I can. You know, I'm yep. a working class guy. You know, mum died during childbirth. I mean, I, the odds were against me. No, screw all of that. You're incredibly intelligent and <coughs> wildly resourceful. And the best plans that you can come up with, for some reason, always entail you getting out of it with the with the smallest amount of damage and misery. But God help anybody who went into that room with you. Right. 
Um, and yeah, I've, I've known people yeah. who, you know, they really consider themselves to be good people. And it's like, no. And the saddest part is you can never convince them. You're never going to be able to show them the truth about everyone's themselves. the hero in their own story. Exactly. So yeah. you, the only thing you can do is just say, you know what? I'm going to let you go because I like you very fond of you, but you're a dumpster fire on a runaway train <laughs> in the middle of a tornado. And man, I just don't need that in my life. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's true. What was your number one? Dark Knight Returns. Oh, uh, all right. Because I thought we were going to revisit that though. Well, <laughs> not by choice. Not um, by choice. I need to reread it. Maybe you and I will be revisiting that, it. That, that, I, and and Stephen can moderate. Because I loved it. It was, wow, Batman. He's really Batman-y. And you know, <laughs> I mean, he's, he not get any more Batman than this Batman. He's really Frank Miller-y. He's really, yeah, exactly. But the, no, because it's very much a product of its time. The eighties were, was an interesting decade and I was, I had things I loved about it, things I did not like. I'm kind of happy to just leave that one in the eighties. I, I could see that because like I, Watchmen. I, because I, I remember yeah. the first time I picked it up, mm -hmm. I, it's very Frank Millery. Oh, I think, and I think the testament to that is that when he finally decided to write a sequel, <laughs> We all Sorry, that was a crazy laugh. Yeah, yeah, we all we, we all read it and went, "Oh crap! Why? What is this? Yeah, what's happened? What's happened?" To, and then you go back and reread the other one, and you're like, "Oh, it's not horrible, but it's yeah, and it's, it's just." And and then the third one was even yeah. You got oh, yes. Frank Miller with Brian Paul Brian Azzarello doing his absolute best. Like we can make this cohesive, you know. <laughs> But Dark Knight did have a very cool feeling when you touch it the first time. Oh yeah, the Batmobile. When you're listening to oh, listening yeah. to Bruce narrate, well, Dick used to call it the Batmobile, and that's just what a kid would call it. And I was like, yeah, that's a tank. That oh, bends, it's, a, it's, bends around corners, and it's got some and brilliant moments. Hi ho, goddamn silver uh, is still oh. my favorite Ollie moment, I think. And the you know, this is a. You know, this is a table. I'm a surgeon. When he's going to, I go to work on the knee. You know, and it's just like, God, he's so Batman. Well, you know, and, and he's goddamn Batman, which we, you know, was a later thing. But yeah, well, my it, first it, time to read this thing was in like a leather bound premiere edition. Right? Or yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and I was, I just thought it was the coolest I, thing I'd ever seen. In my I got life. that at Walden Books. Has yeah. the gold, the Batman on the cover. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. I still have that. Version. I, you know, somebody wants to get into comic. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it is a bit dated, but I would still recommend it. Like, no, no, no you should. Everybody's. If you want to feel like you're reading the 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 cream of the crop here, you should give Dark Knight Returns a go. In a tangible comment on that, when DC did the animated version of it, they did pretty good. That's I still haven't watched it. Now, the, you know, the, I've got it, but I still the, the, it. The people they got to do, you know, like I've got Peter Weller playing old Batman. That's great. Um, the guy from Lost, that's, and it was on a Person of Interest playing the Joker. It matches, and they kept the story oh, pretty yeah. good. And also when they did Year One, that also stuck pretty close. Felt like it. Yes, it did. Because 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 they gamble anytime they do oh, an anime. I forgot about year one. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. But that year one was a big deal to me. Yeah, reading. But that's the thing. Actually, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I I love year one. I think year one is the superior Batman story, and I reread that every few years. I can pick that one up. It, I'll move around my bookshelf, and year one gets moved around, and be like, oh, year one. And I flick it, and before I'm not reading the damn thing, it's just. But, good it's but, a good story but i can i can see why you picked dark knight yeah because i 17 year old scott really really oh, dug that oh. yeah well so did you watch on max they have the uh, they have like a dc documentary yes yeah. yes almost like a hero i don't know what it's called it's a three-parter i think or yeah. Or yeah yeah so they they talk about how important dark knight was during that time right 
and they talk about, you know, and they have the political, you know, the bad guy stuff with, with Reagan. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. Because I always had very positive <laughs> thoughts about Reagan. I thought Reagan was great. And I read that now at the time, very differently. Sure. So like Reagan was supposed to be like this, this bad voice on there. And I always saw him as like the positive thing. Yeah. So now I have to go back and reread and see like how tainted my oh, perspective it's, was. It's, it's an absolute lampoon of, of Reagan. <laughs> well, you know, and. And turns out they're awful sore losers as the nuclear missile <laughs> yeah. is heading towards the island. But I just thought oh, that was man. great. I was like, perfect. Let's make that happen. No, I've got to go reread this yeah. just to, because I, when I watched that documentary, I was like, oh, I know for sure. I read that completely the opposite. Well, and, 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 when, and, and to me, it, all, it kind of comes across, you know, not like he's, it was just a comment on a political, on a political president period, because at the time, Reagan shouldn't have been alive, and you know, you shouldn't have been alive. And they actually—can you flesh that one out? Because you, you're well, going to get people scratching their heads, like, "What is well, he saying?" Well, okay, so you know, fatness, should he be dead? Yeah, he, I mean, if 1985 and 1980s was when Reagan was president, right? Okay, Batman at age 70 shouldn't have been. Reagan no, was slick, true. you know that. And they go back in the second Batman and try to or second Dark Knight and try to explain that. And I think right. Trigger just left that alone. Yeah, but it was definitely Frank Miller making a very pointed political statement. America in the eighties, and, and uh, you know, it, it's 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 tough. You know, forty years later, when you go back and try to look at a, some president's track record, because at the time in the eighties, people were you know a little more amped up and involved in the head and then you come back and you're like, ah, Ooh, maybe that hadn't have been the, yeah. the best, the, the, but he also doesn't go down any policy. No, nope. it's just Reagan's there. And I love, I love that super version of Superman in there because at that time, Burn Superman had come out, but Clark is preaching to Bruce. Like, do you remember why we threw you a party when you retired? Do you remember? I, I don't want to be doing any of this, but I'm doing this so they don't come and kill all of y'all. You selfish ass. Right. Stop, you know, stop having fun. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's about Bruce coming out of retirement and having fun. Yes. Doing everything. Oh, yeah. yeah no, was, but it's, he's, but, but that's not what this, it's, kid, it's, 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 I don't even, that's not what this is about. It's about no, this, no, uh, no, no, no. It's just, no, we, we talk. It's no. what we do. But it's like, it's not Batman. It's Frank Miller's Batman. Yeah. And you really need to keep that in mind because Frank Miller's Batman is something other than the usual expectation as to what a Batman should be. I mean, he's so, someone kind of crazy. <laughs> someone that worked for DC that we all cross paths with lives around here. One time said that the reason why Dark Knight is held in such high regard is that it was the number one selling Batman story back then. Yeah. And that there are better Batman stories. Yes. It was definitely one of the early prestige formats. Yep. One of the early trade paperbacks. Yep. All oh, that the trade paperback just sold. Yeah. I couldn't, yeah. You couldn't find that. Yeah. And he always alluded to that it, it very similar because once you, once we started talking about Killing Joe Kyle, Alan Moore's like, man, eh, it's just a story. Yeah. That Frank was kind of like, yeah, it's my Batman story. And nah, it shouldn't have been that, you know, I'll take the check. Right. You know, I'll, I'll you'll pay me for that. And I, yeah, but Warner Brothers remembers it because it was staggering. And then that, you know, then they had, they did, they just come off crisis. They had that year one. Watchmen, all these really high selling and never regained that market share that way. No. Uh, um, but that I th he's always questioned, is that why we consider it? Now, Greg, every time we have it in here, we sell it. I'll get the back issues in. I'll sell Dark Knight out in a weekend. Yeah. But I do. I, that always rings in my. No, because it's, it's what, good. What, what, it's good. But what is the, in different podcasts, what is the best Batman story? Oh, oh, how much time have we got? Yeah, that's what I'm about. <laughs> yeah, but, man, no, no. We, we got to, to do research. I have, I have a perspective on the best Batman story. I, I do have one that's my favorite. Well, I have my favorite. No. I don't know if it's the best. Well, there you go. That'll be it's the, the best to me. Mm -hmm. What's 
what's best and what's and that's and that and that's all that should matter. Right. But um, what is it? You, you want to say it or you want to hold on to it? Mine is hush. Okay. My favorite, I, because well, the combo of writing and art is so extraordinary to me, and, and Jim Lee, golly, he is just—he's still my my Batman artist and my Superman artist, and you know, I, I picked up. We have the, the foil covers. Mm-hmm. Of oh yeah, just came out. Superman, what is it? Two oh two oh eight, two oh five, something like that. that. Anyway, Brian's, uh, it's a Jim Lee covered. Yeah. And then there's a, it has like a mirror cover, mirror image. It's, it's a Batman. It's the bookshelf. One. Right. So the, we have those foils and that Superman image by Jim Lee is still my favorite. And the Batman image that goes with it, I just adore. So having him do the interiors of a book, mm. that book right, just blew my mind. I've kind of like every version. I ultimately ended up with the, like the really nice absolute, like slipper cover, yeah, high end edition. I ended up with that thing, and then I read the thing like you shouldn't do. <laughs> and I tore the little dust jacket a little bit. And I'm bothered by it, but it's, I mean, it's the one that gets the most play from. So yeah, it's my favorite. I love it. I'd have to hunt. I really would. I'd just research now off the top of my head, and I don't remember any of the creators. I don't remember any of the artists on it. But there's a story where. Batman and Santa Claus, the real Santa I'm Claus, cross cross paths, and they've reprinted it in the Treasury editions, and where this whole time Batman's just sure that this guy is a Santa dressed, you know, just a mall Santa running around with him, and it's seventies, it's seventies kitsch, it's right. it, but there's this, he helps the helps the person he's supposed to help. Batman turns around and Santa's gone and Batman kind of looks at everyone and just kind of winks. And there, there was just something very, you know, wholesome. And, and, and there's, I'm a Batman fan. So there's 50 or 60 stories. I love to revisit year one, all that, but that one, Hey man, Batman was running around with Superman or Batman was running around with Santa Claus. Superman running around Santa Claus doesn't, doesn't fascinate me as much because they shouldn't, they sure all know each other. The Easter Bunny knows Superman, but does right. he know Batman? That's that's where it's. Have you seen the the Christmas card covers that are coming out? I I've want all of them. Me I've too. Seen. There were a bunch of people online. They're like, it's seven ninety nine. Nobody's going to cut off the cover of this thing. And I was like, well, if you go to Hallmark, I'm you like, pay five ninety nine for a card all the time. I don't know. Warner Brothers, if you're listening, box those things up <sighs> as a. Christmas, Christmas cards. Yeah, why the world have they not done that? Those, man. Yes. They got, my, they, they got my name on them. Every, oh, every friend of mine, that if I was sending Christmas cards out, they'd be like, oh, this is a card from Scott. They wouldn't even be surprised. I'd stock up. Yeah. I'd, this will be my Christmas card. You know and I'll just I may keep, take the images, send them to the print shop, and say, print these bad boys. I'll up. keep track. Let's see. Yeah. Scott got the Batman one last year. So I'll give him Superman yeah, one this go. year. Because I don't want people to get the same card year over year. Because I'm going to stockpile these damn yeah. things. Yeah. Favorite Batman story? Or the best. Yeah. Okay. No, I can't do the best because yeah. best would be yeah. year one. But favorite Batman story? Mm-hmm. It would have to be my first real, the first time I actually experienced Batman. Power Records, oh, 1975. Yes. Oh, my. Stacked cards, Neil Adams. Okay. Now that I've got it and I still have I still yeah. It's I knew Batman from the Adam West TV show. Yeah. It's fun, it's camp, it's silly, it's pow and biff and boff and all this kind of stuff. So my parents have bought me this power records, which were brilliant. If you if you're around in the 70s, you remember power records? Love it. I found my collection. Did, oh. did you see the picture I posted the other no. day? No. I found the collection. I I was helping my parents because they were they were putting new carpet in, so we had to move everything out. And I found all the old records. I'll bring him a all record my superpowers records. Yeah. Were in. Bring them in. I'll bring him a record player. We'll, we'll sit there. Yeah, I'll we'll bring mine. There. You saw mine. Oh, absolutely. I had Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I had, yeah. The, no. I had the Batman. I had some Spider-Man. We, we found a box of the old show and tell 
what's the records with the film strips oh, still in. Wow. So we need one of those. We need to find one of those red record players with that TV in the front to sit there. <laughs> we're, we're kind of dangerously teetering into Starman. Yeah, well, we are. Terms of flexibles. I love stuff. But there's there's a moment. My parents, oh, it's a little steep. I mean, 1975 is when it came out. So I was three. I don't think I got this when I was three. I think I was like five or six when I got this. My parents obviously got it because they were like, oh, Stephen loves Batman. He watched Batman TV show, Batman Power Record. Yay. So I'm playing this thing. And, and I remember the feeling because there's a moment, Batman and Robin, and the, the sound is, is, is absolutely satisfactory for what they're trying to achieve. They put a lot of effort. In they certainly things. did. So Batman and Robin, they're at the art museum. It's late. It's dark. There's been a break in. They've got the, the bat flashlight looking around. There's a dead watchman on the floor. He's got that rictus grin. And I remember the feeling of like, what? People don't because, die. Yep. No, not that one. Like that. Oh, that's yours. Yeah, oh, okay. that's mine. Yeah. yeah, and it's because the Joker at that point—that was the first. It's the first time I met comic book Batman, and it's the first time I met comic book Joker done properly. Because Cesar Romero, oh, he's a lot of fun on the TV show, but this is a Joker who will kill you and leave you with a grin on his face. And I found that chilling and unsettling. And when I think about Bat, the bat, we were just talking about it's not Batman, it's Frank Miller's Batman. My Batman, Neil Adams' Batman, and that was the moment where it was like, this is this is this is a guy, he's dressed up as a bat. He's in a dark world. There are dark things going on here. This isn't Bow and Piff and Julie Newmar in the in the cat suit. Although there's a hell of a lot to be said for Julie Newmar in the cat suit, or Earth Kit for that matter. Oh, lean Merriweather. Um, Here's your lesson, kids. We're, yeah, that's it. We're going down a totally different road. It's what we do. But we know all about your proclivities now. We've heard about the Julie Andrews thing. We've heard about this one. Oh, I haven't even got started on Michelle Pfeiffer yet. Holy. <laughs> that is a whole other podcast. Bat heck. Holy meow. Holy. Holy <laughs> hole in a donut, Batman. It's just the best Burt Ward line delivery. Holy hole in the donut, Batman. Oh man, steady old chum, <laughs> or whatever. So, that was was that the record they put you to sleep with? I mean, did they go, Hey, it's time to go to bed, Stephen? You want no, to listen to Batman? No, and Steve I, is now sitting up in the bed going, Oh, well, where's nope. that? I, I remember listening to it, I remember being afraid of it, and then picking up the courage to revisit it and still being afraid of it. And my parents have no idea that they actually bought something that, that actually disturbed me because it is disturbing and it doesn't hurt that you know neil adams is is the guy on the art and, and it's just there you go so, so i know with marvel when they crank these out they were reprints like the right the, you like know the, 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 that one wasn't now that's what to say or I, I don't have i didn't get the dc ones mm. growing up my parents got me the marvel i've got you know spider-man with the man wolf the you know, re, I, yes. re, re, retelling of the fantastic <laughs> oh, origin wolf. Captain America with Phoenix, you know, the, yeah. they ended up being Zemo's kid at all those. But the DCs, I never got any of them. So were is it just that Batman that was original to that record, or were there other Batmans that were reprinted? I don't know. I don't so we'll know. Have to look into that. I, I know. Because you've I, got some of the Batmans. I know that okay. one's an original because when DC did those hardcovers, the, the, the complete Neil Adams yeah. Batman, if you get volume three, they actually included it cool in 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 it um and there's a little bit that says this has actually never been reprinted i at the comic book convention our friends at duncanville books had a big pile of trade paperbacks for five bucks and i got volumes two through six of the batman neil adams for oh, five bucks each oh man it's so uh, so now because i got volume one so i'm like oh and now as you said that that's I know what Papa Scott's yeah. going to do when he gets home. Go tonight. check it out and, and let me know what your thoughts yeah. are because it's it's creepy. It's actually quite chilling. I, I, I spent way too much money for, oh, yeah, for $5. Jason is passing his phone over with the pictures of his, you know, 33 and a third records and kids. That's the ones that you had to buy the little plastic ring to stick yeah. into play or sure. you had to have the part that pops rubs, up. Pops yeah. up. Yeah. You know, 
it's for comic book geeks. These are fun little treasure troves because it was a serious attempt. They had actors. Yeah. They did the different voices. There was, I mean, there were radio yeah. shows, right? Yeah. Like the, and, the old radio play. And, and, and it was, it was great. Because, as I've said before, as a young comic book collector in the 60s, well, 70s, I'll say 70s, you felt alone and you didn't have any, you know, you had super friends on TV, but you didn't have serious toys to play with. Like you had the Mego no. line, but they didn't expand on a lot of things. No. And once they were done, they were done. But when you got these records, because I remember the mm -hmm. Spy when I heard for many years until the Spider-Man animated series showed up, that actor doing Spider-Man, that was the voice I heard yeah, when I read I the exactly comic. Talks about. Same thing with the Fantastic Four and then the, 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 the sound of Johnny flaming on and, you know, how they had to make sounds of Reed stretching. All of that, when I read the books, those were what I superimposed. Right. And then really the, the my first exposure to it being act, actor accurate was the Star Wars records because mm -hmm. they were just, you know, off the movie. Yeah. And those are just great little... Do you remember the Stumbo's radio show? I do. I've got all three versions. I've got Star Wars, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. Right. God bless Mark Hamill and Billy D for showing up for that. Anthony showed up. Well, yeah. Mark didn't. Or someone played Luke at one point. I think Mark showed up at some point, but I think I just I remember but I remember getting on yeah. the AM radio and listen, I have all of those like a set, and I keep meaning to find digital copies of that, but that was quite a treat. I remember yeah. being in my dad's car and he was fiddling with the radio and all of a sudden it was like, Dad, tell me that was RGD2. And it was yeah. playing. <laughs> I love that. It's like, all right, gents. It's about that time. It's about that time. It's about that time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That's Lights exactly off, right. stools on the table. Thank you for listening to the Multiverse Podcast. If you'd like to come and join us in person at our brick and mortar store, you can do that in Hearst, Texas. If you'd like to shop with us online, you can go to www.multiverse.shop. That's multiverse.shop. As always, thanks for listening.